Hi, Sally. <laughs> hey, Tyler. Hi, listeners. Welcome to our podcast. A year ago today. Yes, that was, I was the like, best thing I don't know if she's going to do it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> that might be the favorite thing that's ever, 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 ever happened on our podcast for me. Oh. I love it. We're starting off real strong. I feel like I need to go now. That was, oh, my heart's beating so fast. Yeah, like when you have like the very best experience and you're like, oh, I could die right now. This is great. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Oh. Is that the best thing that's happened to you since we last recorded? <laughs> I think it is. I think it is the best thing that's happened to me since we last recorded. Um, oh. Yeah, you know what? I'm fine with leaving it at that. <laughs> great. It was really good. It was a really good one. <laughs> what about you? What's the best thing that's happened since we last recorded? I have started Koya teacher training and I love it so much and I feel... Like, I, I, there, like, aren't even words for how wonderful I feel around mm. all of it. That's so exciting. Ugh, I'm just so excited about it. I'm, like, ready to teach, even though it's day two. <laughs> and there's a long way to go before I'm even allowed to teach. <laughs> oh, really? That's so interesting, because I've, I've taken one Koya class, and I really enjoyed it, but I was also, like, there's not a lot to this, really. <laughs> no, so. it's like it has it like the structure is like very specific, and all the words that you say are very specific, um, and it made sense. Like the way that that she explained it today was like it basically takes. Oh God, now I feel weird saying this in public because I don't remember the exact words she used, but like what I received from it was like everything is super intentional because it basically like mirrors a medicine ceremony and so it's like every, the structure that's in place is really 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 important and ah. so like that's what you really need to learn and practice and then yeah I mean like the movement itself there's nothing to it but that's because of the solid structure that's already there I wish that they would tell you that when you go into a class because you just made me a hundred times more interested in Koya with what you said yeah I mean it, I think it's because it's like they you set up the space and that's part of it it's like you find the answers within everything is within you as the participant and so like all of this behind the scenes stuff like I guess I feel like if you put that on a person just like a you know regular person just wants to go to a class then it's it's too much it's like kind of raising expectations and like whatever I don't know it's like a lot of like they're here for a really for their own journey and so like you can't put anything on them you know you know what I'm saying yeah, I hear you. I'm sitting over here, like, really contemplating what you're saying. I feel like I need some more time to process that, but yeah, I hear you. We can you. talk about it off off the air. I know. I feel like we just opened up a whole energy, and I'm like, we could go into this and never get to our guest, but that would make me really sad, because I'm really excited about our guest today. I am, too. This is going to be great. <laughs> so, our guest today is our sound editor, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hooray! Hi, Tala. Hi, Sally. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast in recording. <laughs> Thanks. It's good to be on this side of it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm so excited. Me too. Mm. All right. So I guess we should dive right in. I'm Let's so excited see. I'm lisping a little bit. I don't know if you guys heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. Let's dive right in, shall we? <laughs> Alex, I want to invite you to close your eyes and take a couple deep breaths and go back to a year ago today and share with us in one word how you're feeling. Giddy. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is going to be so good. I know, I know, I know. Ah, so a year ago today... I, I just asked Alex to sum this up for me before we got on because I don't have any idea what I'm doing. And, Stop uh, doing that. <laughs> I, I'm like, it's driving me crazy now. Okay, keep talking. Okay, I feel you, Sally. But it's funny because that's how it feels. It's like from moment to moment, I don't know what I'm doing. It's not – I don't feel like I'm saying it as a put down. I feel like I'm saying it as like that's actually how I feel. Like I showed up and I was like, I'm here. I don't know what we're doing, but I'm here. <laughs> right, but there are significantly better ways to 
express that. <laughs> okay, so you'll help me later work on my reframing. <laughs> All right, back to our show. <laughs> A year ago today, Alex was standing backstage waiting to go on for his first real improv performance. In public. Yeah, I mean, on stage. Ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm. Oh my gosh. Tell us everything. Yeah, how did you get there? <laughs> well, how did I get there? All right, well, we were uh, practicing for at least six months as a group, I think, before we even had our first show. But I had never really done anything in stand-up comedy or improv or stage performance. The last time I had been on a stage was probably in... I guess high school in band, and I did mm. marching band in college. So that was the last time I had performed in front of a group. But in that situation, I'm one of 300 people that the audience <laughs> is watching and not one of six. So mm. it's yeah, a little bit a different difference. energy. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's a real interesting, interesting thing. I had just I had moved down. I'd moved back to Winston from Charlotte and met a couple new friends that way and through hanging out and, you know, drinking, they were like, man, you you got a pretty good sense of humor. So <laughs> are you interested in trying this improv thing? And I was like, I mean, I'm terrified, but yeah, sure. I'll give it a shot. And I mean, that's pretty much how it started. We started practicing, added a few new people. Um, yeah, practiced for a about six months before we ever did a show. Um, and we did it in this little coffee shop called Cranky's. And <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you over at Cranky's. <laughs> well, and 30 minutes before the show started, they brought in a group of about 10 people that weren't there to see the show and set them at a long family-style table. Oh, my God. Literally right in front of the stage. <laughs> So they hadn't bought tickets. They didn't know what was going on. So one of the first things we had to do in our first show was tell 10 people to shut up or leave. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my. So they, they, I mean, like I said, they weren't there for the show. So it was understandable. Um, that was more on, I don't mean to bash crankies or anything, but I think that was more poor planning <laughs> somebody, on their part. Somebody, somebody should have been like managing the environment a little bit. <laughs> exactly. And this may or may not have something to do with it, but they tore down that stage after our show and <laughs> oh quit doing God. live performances there. Oh <laughs> so I like to think that they were like, well, we can never top that. Yeah. So got to end on a high note. Exactly. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, that was my first experience. It was a raised stage. Um, there was maybe, I don't know, 25, 30 people at the show. And I remember one big laugh that I got, and that was that mm. was it. it. It bit me. I got a few other laughs, but that one joke, mm. and the crowd loved it, and I was like, all right, I can I can do this. <laughs> you were like, I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah, and I'll probably remember that joke for the rest of my life. Are you going to tell us right now? Sure. Might as well. (laughs) It's not like I was hinting at you to ask me or anything. Um, So we play this game called 185 and it's a pun game. And so they give us a topic and we use that word that they give us to make a pun. So the format goes like this. The word they gave us, um, what was it? I think the word they gave us was CD players. So this is the form of the joke. 185 CD players walk into the bar. The bartender says, well, we don't serve CD players here. And to which the CD players respond, well, I guess we'll just take a walk, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And that was it. That was all it was. It was simple, but it killed. And I was, it, like I said, from then on out, I was like, all right, I, I can do this. Even if I have a bad show. Just a laugh like that once every couple shows is enough to keep me around. Mm, yeah, that's going to oh. feel good. It does. <laughs> you know what I really didn't think about until we got on here today, but I might as well say it now because it's going to come up eventually. Sally, I think I told you this. 
Mm-hmm. I just decided the other night that I want to take an improv class. Ooh. Um. <laughs> I feel like your conversation, or like this conversation's already got me even more on board with that idea. Well, I guess let's talk more about your last year and how it's been. <laughs> Maybe then I'll decide. We can jump around. We can go back to that. It's no problem. Because <laughs> yeah. um, one thing we that we will talk on in the next hour, I'm guessing, is how practicing and performing and being proficient in improv can really just affect almost every other facet of your life well let's just start with that okay (laughs) so Um, tell us i mean i feel like i already have a lot of opinions about this but i want to hear yours first okay well one thing that it has definitely helped hands down uh is my confidence and i think from that if you have a strong confident foundation uh, everything else in your life um just grows out from that so it's it's helped me in social situations it's helped me in professional environments it's made me take more risks and you know just as you said before the show just dive in it's it's really helped me do that in so many other things that I would have just overthought or talked myself out of or just gotten anxious or neurotic about i just i kind of have this I've, I've given myself this mantra now if i start to panic i'm like i tell myself you're not gonna drown you learned how to swim when you were a toddler mm. so uh, that's one thing i've kind of carried with myself that's that's helped in everything and i mean one thing that i really like is that it's helped me um talking with the uh ladies because <laughs> right like i mean it's it's a good shoo-in when you're like oh hey i'm uh i'm in a winston-salem's premiere improv troupe and, <laughs> like it, it's not just that like it's not just that line but it's just i guess the short <laughs> version of what i've been saying it's just it it just made me more confident and made me mm-hmm. feel better about myself and not focus on the negatives and my weaknesses, but embrace my strengths and my differences, I guess. Well, yeah, because some of the rules of improv, I feel like, are the rules that will, like, lead to a happy life. It's, like, say yes. Always say yes. And, like, be open. And, like, you have to be so present. Like, you have to be right there in that moment making decisions based 100% on instinct, I feel, in order to be successful. And it's, like, that... You just turn around and put that into a life. Yeah, I mean, it's like magic. Mm-hmm. It sounds. It sounds like you can uh, skip the first couple of classes <laughs> if you do decide <laughs> to take improv. But I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much the top three: is don't think, say yes, be present, and that's those are the golden rules, I guess. I should be teaching improv, right? <laughs> um. Man. But what one of the other things that it led to was actually um, you two and this podcast. Um, Hooray! Right, like I, I saw one of my my roommate actually posted the ad you guys put on Facebook that he had seen from one of his coworkers, and wow, that's cool. Yeah, like a year and a <laughs> half ago. I might not have done it. I wouldn't have, I would have been like, uh, that's not for me or, oh, they clearly use tons of female pronouns. Oh my God, I can't wait to tell this story. In this this job description. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm just gonna, I'm I'm just gonna put in. Say yes. Yeah, exactly. Say yes. And I did. And here we are. Oh my God. And it was the best because Alex just emailed us and it was the best. I think it's, well, we received some really great emails from people who wanted to work with us, and it was really wonderful, but obviously we liked Alex the best. Um, we got on the phone to interview him, though, and I think both of us had assumed that you were a girl, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Alex could be a girl name. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the first thing I ever said to you was, you're a man. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or I might have said, you're a boy. I don't you're know. You're a boy. It was you're a boy. Yeah. <laughs> It was the first words one of you spoke to me was, you're a boy. 
You're a boy. I think Sally said, I love it. And yeah, I history. did. <laughs> I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I immediately thought it was the best thing ever. But I ha- I'd actually had that conversation with several people uh, leading up to it about how I think they're looking for a girl to do this, but I'm just <laughs> not going to say anything because Alex is an asexual name, and I feel like that'd be a real a real good icebreaker during the interview. <laughs> You, if you I just nailed it. Them. You nailed that icebreaker. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. there you go. That's one. What's another thing that improv has brought into your life? Oh, let's see. I have something more recent, but I might save that for later. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that Alex is producing himself. I know, yeah, Alex. It's... You should just start producing our episodes more, maybe. It's a really good we'll idea. Talk about that later. I might have to work on that <laughs> I, I i said to myself before i got into this i was like don't edit and produce <laughs> while the episode's going on because you're not going to be present if you're doing that so I'm, I'm, I'm having to just are you present i'm very present yeah you can so, still edit and produce if you're present i can but i don't have like a notepad in here like yeah, taking yeah. time stamps right, we're like so- oh there was another car horn and <laughs> Keep those sirens in. I have just totally let it go with the car horns and the sirens. Like honestly, I I don't even try to mute myself anymore. No, it's fine. It's it 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 adds to the ambiance. I I like it. I've grown to like it. Me too. Yeah. Um, All right. So I'm gonna take back over. Go for it. Okay, Alex. Close your eyes, please. (laughs) All right. And just take a deep breath. And then tell us what else. Okay, so um, one thing I've been doing for several years is working for this company uh, called IMG College down here in Winston, and they're one of the largest college sports radio broadcasting uh, companies in the nation. I mean, it's it's something like over 50% of schools go through them. So I've been working with them for, I guess, maybe eight years or so, and in the past couple of years, they've had me work with schools and start going on the air, which has been really exciting and nerve wracking. And I would always, as much as I had done it, I would always have like a l- little mini panic attack before each episode. <laughs> and one thing that improv has, has helped is I'll just, I'll just go in, I'll sit down, dial everything up, get connected and take a deep breath and then boom I'm ready to go I I've stopped writing scripts for them and I've mm. just found myself having a larger presence um in the broadcast and just going back to this just being more confident about myself on the air and what I'm saying um and that's felt really good cuz I've been able to tell a difference in my performance in that job as well mm-hmm. um that's something I've always been interested in, as you may or may not know, is working in the radio or sound industry. I love this. I like really, I'm in a lot of groups, like business groups or whatever, and people are always like, oh, how can I be more natural on camera and blah, blah, blah. And like, usually by the time I see it, then there'll be like 15 people that are like, you got to like plan out your script and then you got to like memorize your script and then uh, you got to do this and you got to do that. And then I'm no. always like, yeah, I don't do it. any of those things. <laughs> I just take a deep breath. I say a prayer and then I'm present. <laughs> yeah, It's just, that's what you need to do. That's, that's really a winning formula. Well, an interesting thing is right now, Matt is um, learning from someone in the acting field who that's all they are teaching is presence you know so mm-hmm. Matt's like having these lessons around acting and I'm like hey <laughs> that's what I do and mm-hmm. it's just so interesting because if you really are looking at any of these things that are I mean I think in particular creative arts um just that you're creating something that you're present and you're channeling mm-hmm. you're not even if you're rehearsed, you're still present and you're channeling. Yeah, totally. <sighs> well, that's a perfect segue, I guess, for <laughs> my more recent thing that has happened. This is great. This is great. Um, so for the f- first time in my life, I decided to audition for a play. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So 
we let's let's go through the whole story. Why not? That's what we're here for, right? So we're really moving <laughs> through things. It's only been twenty minutes, and I feel like we have a whole episode. This is amazing. Slow down. No, let's not like it. Okay. It'll be quantum leaping. Yeah, we're quantum leaping. They'll feel like new people at the end of this episode. I hope so. Um, Sirens outside. Yeah. See, it's true. Yep. All right. Um, So we um, we had opened for this group that came down from Chicago to perform. Um, A couple of our members knew their leader, and so they brought us on to open up for them. Um, So that was a really great experience. I mean, we did maybe a thirty-minute set before two shows in front of, I don't know, like a 200-person audience. So that was, and it was just like, it's a great audience. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little bittersweet because you're like, well, they're here for the other group, but they (laughs) have to watch us for the first (laughs) half hour. So it was fine. They laughed. They loved it. Um, So it was a great getting to know them. Uh, They're a group out of Chicago called the Comedy Dance Collective, and they bridge like I mean it's pretty self-explanatory they do dance and like musical scenes but they add comedy into it it's a great that show sounds great yeah uh, <laughs> I love it uh it was very good um but anyway so after that I got to meet some new people in comedy and I'm going way off topic from the audition I was talking about but I swear I'm getting there um <laughs> So it was great just meeting these other people in comedy that I had never met before. And within five, ten minutes of hanging out, there was this immediate camaraderie that I honestly hadn't really felt in, like, any other aspect in my life. Like, something so instant and strong also. Um, Just these people I had never met before. And we were just hitting it off. And that was great. It was a real neat experience. So anyway, we go to a bar after one of the shows, and we run into a um, some members of a local theater troupe that we know. Um, theater troupe is called Spirit Gum Theater Company. I like that name. It is a good name. <laughs> so we're sitting there having a couple drinks, and they're like, oh, hey, we're, we're doing a new play. There's some improv in it. All you guys in the Bunker Dogs, by the way, that's our improv troupe name is Bunker Dogs Improv. They told us, they said, all, all you guys could just come try out. It'll be a great play. So I was a little on the fence about it, but I decided ultimately to say yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the play is called Clown Bar, and it is actually performed in a bar. They rent out a bar, and you perform it like around the audience sitting in the center of the bar. And it's about um, a world in which clowns run the mafia. So already... <laughs> It's a pretty ridiculous... Would you have to dress as a clown? Well, I will, I think, because I tried out for my first play, and I got cast what? in my this first play that oh, I auditioned so for. Just um, stop. Oh my God. <laughs> so no wonder play... you're wanting to produce this show. You're like, I have a whole story to tell you guys. <laughs> well, I told you a couple of days ago. I'm like, I'm preparing. You're I like, know. well, don't prepare too much. I was like, I there's so much that's happened. <laughs> so... so... Are you going to have to dress like a clown? I think so. Um, <laughs> That's I, the most important question here. Yeah, it's up to the director's interpretation, I guess, but I did a little research into the play, and the character that I'm going to play has a very, like, all-white French clown look Ooh. in a lot of the plays that I've seen. Uh-huh. So that could be entertaining, but who knows what they're actually going to go with. When um, is this happening? When is this performing? Uh, we're going to be performing, oh gosh, um, June, what is it, 20, I think it's the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, and then the 29th, 30th, and 1st? I can't remember if June has 31 days or not. All right. If you're listening to this podcast right now, and you live in the North Carolina area, and you do not go see this play, <laughs> then I, I don't know what I'll do. But I'll. That's that's I'll six cry. shows. Yeah, <laughs> that's six shows. I think I might even be able to see it. I think I'm coming for a wedding in that window. 
Oh, that would be... So we'll talk about that later. Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole nother level of stuff. But we haven't started rehearsing yet, but we're we're getting everything together. So you've never acted before? Or have you? No. No, I've never done other than improv. Alex, this is is amazing. This is what I secretly think might happen to me. The other night I went down this whole (laughs) rabbit hole and I... Because I've always kind of wanted to act. Same. But, yeah... So I was watching improv and I was like watching them and I was like, all they're doing is being, all they're doing, <laughs> all they're doing is being present <laughs> as if it's so easy to do that. <laughs> um, it can be, but they're being present and I'm like, I could do that. I would probably be, probably be great at improv. And I was like, oh, and that's how I'll get discovered as an actor mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll get to skip all the stuff <laughs> that I see <laughs> my boyfriend and all of his colleagues doing right now which is terrible and of course who knows but it sounds like you're living my dream you know, alan rickman didn't start doing film acting till he was in his 40s so wow i mean Ugh. it's it's there's always the possibility and it, it's it's interesting that you say that because it's something i've always kind of wanted to do I've i've always loved comedy and like whose line is it anyway and stand up i've just never had the the gumption to do it and just having a couple friends say like i think you could do this like you're accepting and that's 50 percent of improv uh, just having yeah. a couple good people behind me um really just kind of it feels like really just opened a whole new door in my life mm-hmm. you know i feel like the importance of someone in your life who's going to say, I believe that you can do this is like often overlooked. And I think sometimes we overlook it and we don't say that to the people that we love enough. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it's usually, I don't know usually if the person saying it realizes how much power those words can actually have, especially if it's somebody that, you trust or I wouldn't necessarily say look up to because I feel like equals with with these people but um someone you admire yeah that's a good one mm-hmm. some some somebody you admire yeah this is uh this is like blowing my mind right now because I just keep thinking about like I mean, in to a large extent, that's why we created this podcast. It's like even those tiny moments can be huge. We could have easily done a year ago today. My friends told me that I should try improv. And then we would be having the conversation of like, and then you, you know, joined one. And then you <laughs> rehearsed for six months. And then all of these things have happened since then. It's It's been a ride for sure because we've, we've had to cancel some shows because... Nobody showed up, and mm-hmm. but we've had another show that was just us. We weren't opening for anybody that we did in a new theater, and we met fire code and had to turn people oh away. Oh, my God, that's amazing. So, that's yeah, it was so 120 cool. people in that theater, um, and that was just an uh, incredible experience. Mm. Um, now, the week before that, a newspaper article had come out about us, so that might have had something to do with it, but so people good. still showed up, and that's all that really matters. Yeah, I love improv. I miss going to shows, it's even so though really I watch. only went to shows with people that I knew. So I guess that's what has changed, is that I don't know anybody in L.A. who does improv, Did so you? I don't ever go to shows. Well, you should find some people, and then you should get to know them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll do. Or just start your own troop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, that. too. Ah, there's nothing to it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, did you guys, either of you, see the Mike Birbiglia movie? Um, what's it called? Don't think twice. Yes. I did not see it. I. Did you I'm see torn. It, I'm torn on seeing it because from oh. what I've heard about it, it's about a it's about a group of improv players. Mm-hmm. And they're all very close, but then one of them gets famous, and it mm-hmm. almost tears the group apart. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to <laughs> put that energy out there. Yeah, I can see that. But, well, it's a beautiful movie, I thought. I thought all the performances were really wonderful, and I thought it was very honest. Uh, but 
there was one part that really stuck with me and it's like there's a voiceover happening mm-hmm. while that's showing them practicing and there's a voiceover happening i think i'm not i may not be rem- remembering this correctly but and the voiceover is something about how improv is so much fun to watch because it's like watching someone assemble an airplane as they're flying through the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great analogy. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it is. It's that magical because it's like the things are happening as fast as your brain can process them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's such delicious magic at a good improv show. I mean, there is also even in the ones that are not as great, but like the ones that are, that like stick with you. Like I still remember, you know, Kim, like her, like in a specific scene during a specific game and like mm-hmm. how laugh, how loudly I laughed and how I kept laughing at the bar after. And I was like, Kim, that was the best you've ever done. <laughs> I love you know, that you said, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Sally, I love that you said game because a lot of people don't realize that that's all we're really doing. Yeah. We're just, we're just playing a game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's so cool, though, is that, I mean, take it macro level, a lot of people don't realize that here on Earth we're just playing a game of being human. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, that's why you can take what you learn in improv and apply it to life and your life will blow wide open and be, like, full of all of everything you've ever dreamed of if you really made that your spiritual practice, these improv Mm -hmm. principles. Yeah, and I think that there's... I really honor you, Alex, for doing that because it is easy to not do that. It's I I know plenty of people who do improv whose lives didn't blow wide open because they didn't take those practices into their lives. They were just like, oh, I really have a good time doing improv. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that intentional for you? Like, did, did you have a moment where you were like, oh, what I'm learning is really cool. I'm going to consciously apply it everywhere. Or did you do it naturally? I think just subconsciously it started happening. And uh-huh. then after like a few months of performing and I was like, oh, hey, my life mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that, that, honestly, that's, that's how it happened. There wasn't one like there wasn't one practice or one show where I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing all this in the rest of my life. It just it just happened naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I love. And I feel like I've been telling people this so much lately. Like you don't have to do anything that doesn't feel good. Just do what you enjoy. And it naturally starts transforming your whole life. Yeah. I mean, sure. Sally, that's what you've been saying forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's my life philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay, Alex, what else? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just we, we can get off the performance stuff and get more into the, like, the me of it, I guess, because before the improv, I... I, d- I get I d- nah. yeah let's talk about you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't think I wanted to admit it so much but after graduation up until that point I was I was pretty much in a funk and yeah, I me would too. my head would become above water a couple times but ultimately I was for lack of a better word just drowning mm-hmm. and I don't think I realized how bad I had gotten until I actually started to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of those people. Does that people happen to everyone, do you think? The, the, the post-graduation funk? Yeah. Sally, did that happen to you? No. Yeah, see, Not I in that it, way. Yeah. I, it definitely I, happened to me. But I had a really fantastic network of people. Mm. And most of the, and a lot of them had already graduated too. So, I mean, I didn't know like what I was going to do with my life or anything, but I felt really comfortable and safe in that space, even though, I mean, it was actually a very chaotic period of time. Cause that's when I was like, quote unquote, kicked out of my house <laughs> of my parents' home. Um, but, but I didn't, you know, so I was going through that, but I didn't feel like what you guys are, are describing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't think it happens with everybody, but like you said, you you had a good network, and you had, um, you said you didn't really know what you wanted to do, 
but I'm mm-hmm. assuming you had some sort of direction or heading yeah. at least. Yeah. And see, that's one thing that for me, I didn't know what I wanted to do either. <laughs> but instead of trying to figure it out or panicking about it, I just <laughs> distracted myself from it. And mm. then four years you later, do. yeah. Four years later, I'm still distracting myself, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I should probably start to figure out some sort of direction in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, that yeah, it just, it it helped pull me out of that funk. It let me meet some some new and very supportive friends who have helped me just personal interactions and relationship growth with those people has helped me just as much as improv has. Um, I think that's another thing I was missing. Not to say my friends prior to meeting those people were bad people. They were just doing their own thing and we might not have had the same goals in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, We were just on different paths. And so finding somebody that would actually say like hey like you can do this mm-hmm. it just it i don't know it, it it's tough to describe going back and thinking on it because i realize how bad i was and it's kind of depressing <laughs> but mm-hmm. i'm so up now that i just can't even imagine getting to that point anymore mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah, it makes sense to me. Okay, that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, but well, um, well, Tyler, you said you kind of had the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. what what do you feel like pulled you out of that? Mm, when I lost my job. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. episode one of this podcast, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. which I know was before your time, but um. I- yeah, I feel like the exact same thing happened to me where I got out of college and I didn't really have a network and I kind of like found a, a place that felt safe to hide and I hid there <laughs> for four years. And then thankfully I was let go from that job, which was a huge kindness by my boss. And then, and then I started to take my life more seriously, I think. Or at least maybe not take it more seriously, but I started to take more responsibility. That's better. Yeah. yeah or I you was don't want to take like it. Consciously. Yeah. Yeah. Like conscious living. Yeah. I started living more consciously. Yeah. That's, that's but, much better because it's taking life too seriously is never fun. It's yeah. a but, game. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> well, that's walking. why I said responsibility though, because it's like, there is a weight to it. It can still be a game and be so much fun. But it's mm-hmm. almost like it's a, it makes it even more fun because of that weight, because the stakes are kind of high. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing, I think, yeah. responsibility. Yeah, no, it's not at all. No. But, yeah, and I think, I think a lot of people, I mean, I feel like I've talked to other people who've had a similar pattern where they just, you know what I wonder sometimes and by sometimes I mean this is the first time I've ever really wondered this (laughs) (laughs) it's like there's this life path right and we were expected to go to college and then and then it's kind of I feel like implied that your life just magically falls into place after that (laughs) Mm -hmm. and for sure there's not the importance on building a network and going somewhere where you have a community or like at least having the tools to build a community when you move to a new city, which so many people do after college, which is why I wonder if this is an experience that I've heard from more than one person. It's because you're kind of dropped and you're prepared. You're like dropped in a new world and you're really prepared in some ways, but in all the ways that actually matter the most, you're like not prepared at all. Mm-hmm. Totally. Unless your college experience was all about networking, which for some people it is. Yeah, and I think it's even more than networking because, like, that wasn't my intention in college at all. But um, it's, like, having those relationships that are 
deep enough and i and i think it does help that a few, to have people who are older than you cuz then they get to be like here's what's going to happen mm-hmm. and even though you're not really listening cuz you're like no it's going to be fantastic i'm going to graduate and 3 weeks later i'm going to have a job and it's going to be the best job ever <laughs> and i'm going to be there for the rest of my life like it's going to pay me you know. so much money and <laughs> exactly. such a cute apartment <laughs> never going to yeah, stress like about thinking. rent or bills again <laughs> oh I'm my gosh i'm going to be the perfect guys. man or woman or yep. woman Yeah, all of those things are like going through your head. You're like, no, 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 that was just your experience. All these things you're talking about, that was just you. Mine's going to be glorious. But like, then there'll come a point when you're like, I guess it's not that glorious. Hey, uh, so you have a job opening at your place, right? Like, let me, can I, can I apply there? Like, can you help me out here? Like, what's up? And I think, you know, having those relationships and having those people who you are, who you do feel really connected to, um, because then it, it does it's it allows you freedom that you maybe didn't fully real a different kind of freedom than the one that you thought was there it's like you thought it was like oh well i'm going to be an adult and now everything's going to be magical and all work out perfectly but really the freedom is like in that connection in those relationships in these you know things that you get to now leverage and and use to grow from for sure and I feel like with my college experience, I had a couple friends that I knew going into it. And while I did make friends up there, I think keeping those other friends around me was my version of a, a security blanket. And so mm. I didn't really bloom like I should have until much later into my college career or even after it so much once I realize once all those familiar (laughs) once all those familiarities started um, (laughs) started like moving on and chasing their own paths and getting married and having kids and moving across the country where I was like oh I'm they're part of my story but I'm on my own journey and I kind of have to I as much as these people can help me it really is up to me to bloom. Yeah. I think honoring your own path is like what they should teach at college instead. For sure. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, seeing people go and do all these different things, maybe things that you thought you were going to do, it can be really tough. I think that that's like, and, and you never know why those people are doing those things. I mean, some of them may be completely conscious decisions and some of them may be like, oh, well, I'm getting married because I'm supposed to get married and then they're going to end up divorced or whatever it is. Um, so it's really like honoring your path and your own journey is so huge, especially after college or really after any any situation that takes you from like one reality into a completely different one. Because like, I assume... Yeah. I mean, I don't assume. I know because I moved <laughs> Um, but like a, a cross country move, for instance, has a very similar effect. I mean, I came here and I knew one person. That was it. That's all that I had. And I mean, it was my sister. So it was a great relationship. But I didn't know anybody else. I didn't know what would happen by my being here or like even when I went to Paris, I had no idea what was going to happen. Um, So it's yeah, it's like. I don't know. I feel like I had a different point than the one that I made, but I like the one I made, so I'm sticking with that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what we were originally talking about. That's, that's the beauty sure of either. conversation. <laughs> this is great. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I have a question for you, Alex. Okay. <laughs> what, what was the most like challenging improv experience you've ever been through was there like something that was particularly challenging to learn or an embarrassing moment or um well the good thing about embarrassing moments on stage is that they still get laughs so (laughs) embarrassing moments aren't usually too bad um probably i really had in mind something that was like a challenge for you okay Hold on, let me, let me think for a second. Our first big show that was in the theaters that we eventually sold out in, we maybe had half capacity during this first show, and it was actually the show that our the the newspaper lady was at that wrote the later article. 
And this was maybe in, gosh, when was that? Time time flies by. Uh, I think it was in January, maybe February sometime. It was my first big audience that I had been in front of. Um, and it was an actual, like, stage. The place where we normally perform is actually like an acting school. So the audience and us are mainly on the same level Mm -hmm. and we're not like presented so much. So at this first actual theater show, I I don't think I looked up from my feet for more than 30 seconds in our hour and a half show. Oh boy. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It's what I like to call uh, Mitch, Mitch Hetberging it. Uh, if you know stand-up comedian Mitch Hedberg, hilarious guy, but had like crippling stage fright, and it was so weird because at this point we had been doing it for eight to ten months, and this was one of the first times I had been so incredibly nervous on stage. Mm. Um, and I mean the lady was there taking photographs of us, and oh, like wow. I would see her like right off stage taking a photo at me and I'm just I'm just looking at the ground as I'm telling a joke and it it honestly it we did great and the people loved it but I felt so I felt so crappy about my performance like I felt like I didn't do a good job I felt like I bombed I felt I just felt like it was one of the few times where I was like oh maybe the the big shows aren't for me like I is it was one of the first times in it that I started doubting myself since we'd actually been performing. Um, and then when the article came out, I, I, I was bitter about this. I'm no longer bitter about it, but it's still, <laughs> it's still a good little, a good little topic. The article comes out. We're on the front page. We got a photo on the front page. I was the only person in the troupe, not in that photo. Aww. And, I I was I looked at it and I was like, oh man. And so I read it and I went through the article and man, it was great. It was a two-page spread and it had lots of photos. And I was in a couple of those photos. But while I was in that show, I was mentioned maybe in like half of a sentence in this giant two-page spread, maybe I don't know, five-column article. And so since that came out after the show that I felt bad about myself about that I that show that I had doubted, it just kind of compounded that and I actually started feeling worse about my uh abilities. And it was it was kind of tough, to be honest, to not be bitter or vent my frustrations towards the people that had been mentioned more or that did have more photos in it. It it was just, it, it took a minute for me to stop and collect myself and actually called um, one of the guys that leads the troop. Um, it's like the co-leader, I guess. Well, we say we don't have a leader, but in all honesty, he's one of the <laughs> co-leaders, um, uh, him and his wife are. And I called him and talked to him about it. And he was like... Man, don't stress about it. You're funny. You're good. It's just an article. If anything, it's going to get people out. And what you need to do is just take everything you're feeling right now and just ball it up and use all of that energy for the next show and just have the best show of your life. And that's what really spoke to me. And I, I seriously, my all my bitterness, my frustration, it just stopped on that dime. And I was like, oh. That makes perfect sense. And that's exactly what I did. And the next show we killed and it was great. And I felt same theater, twice as many people. I looked at the audience. I was up. I was present. I was confident and we killed it. And I felt great. Mm. And it was just such a crazy turnaround. Um, I'm really impressed with how someone can tell you something like that. And then you internalize it so quickly. Mm hmm. That's really cool. Oh, well, thank you. Um, it's <laughs> like someone could say that to me, and like three years later, I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> I get what they were saying." <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> you know what no, I mean? No, I want to be mad about it. You shut up. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, 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 I mean, it comes down to accepting and saying yes. Um, but it also, hearing those words from somebody that I admired, like you said earlier, um, it, that's, that's one other thing that helped me. Um, but it really did. I didn't expect that article to bring me down as much as it did. Like I was in a great mood. I was looking forward to it. And he's like, hey, man, the article's up. And I went and read it. And I immediately went from like 100 to not 5, but in the <laughs> in the tens range. It sounds like you it hit your low. upper limit. Yeah. Like, mm. I, I mean, I, I was – it was such a hit that I wasn't expecting it. And like I said, it was another bittersweet thing because I was like, this is brilliant brilliant advertising for our group mm. and i love it because we're we're in the paper it's incredible well, we've I'm made it, it. <laughs> but but i i but a part there. of me was like <laughs> yeah right exactly and that's what it was is that like there we're there but i'm not mm-hmm. well what's so i mean precious about this whole situation though is that like if you're looking at the floor it's almost like your intention is not to be seen. And then for that yep. to manifest so powerfully, like for you to get that reflection back from the external world so powerfully about that energy that you were in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, I know it didn't feel cool at the time, but it's pretty cool in retrospect. It really is. And it, it made me realize I was like, well, maybe that's why I didn't, she didn't like notice me as much because I, I didn't. I was acting in a way that showed that I didn't want to be noticed. Mm-hmm. So that's one other thing that really helped me turn it around. Is they paid to watch us on stage. These people are here. They came to see us. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about what they think. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so interesting because it sounds like you were hiding on stage and when I was talking about my college like post collegiate experience earlier, I said I found a safe place to hide for four years. Makes me wonder like where else where else are we hiding? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Those sirens are really enjoying that that they really are. point you just made. Yeah, well <laughs> I mean it's on point because I am kind of hiding in my closet. <laughs> <right now. laughs> A whole little blanket <laughs> fort going on. Well, I want to know. Oh, God, these sirens are really not giving it a rest today. Hang on. It's okay. We can we can wait it out. <laughs> What's our time stamp at? Fifty-three minutes. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. So what I wanted to know is you mentioned you mentioned at the beginning that improv has helped you with the ladies, and I wanted to know a little bit more. About that. <laughs> um, that's definitely been more of a more recent adjustment uh, adjustment in my life. <laughs> um, and I don't know where I lost my confidence. I kind of do. Um, yeah, there's some history there. That's a whole nother episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... I had kind of, it had been so long, honestly, since I had been in a relationship that I had just kind of reserved myself to like, well, you're single. There's nothing wrong with that. You can get by. But you really do start to miss it. So, but I found I was so out of practice that I didn't know (laughs) how to properly control the conversation. Uh Um, you so were I've just like spinning out all over the place or what <laughs> yeah just like just like spinning out or like train of thought or just like just nonsense just 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 talking more than listening mm-hmm. which I mean is important and I know it's important but whenever I would be in a situation where I would start to get attention from a lady I would be like a like an excited dog, like, oh man, she's into it, <laughs> and I would it it, it would ruin it. Mm. Um, so, being able to reserve myself enough to where I'm 
available but not desperately so. I guess if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I just kind of came up with that sentence. Yeah, you're open. Um, so that's helped. And my, my my buddy, Alex Stone, the leader I mentioned earlier, he uh, he actually just recently gave me a book that has actually really helped my, uh, <laughs> my game, what if is you the will. Book? <laughs> uh, it's... It's such, it's got such a douchey title oh and, and a terrible name, but it's called it's called Mac Tactics, but it's an acronym. Um, what's the acronym called? What does the M stand for? <laughs> it's probably something like memory, which would be funny. But the, <laughs> <laughs> the next two are uh, action, confidence, and. You know what? I really don't remember what the K stands for either. Um, but it it presents itself as like it, it looks on the cover like how to get chicks, yeah. But you get into <laughs> it, and it's it's more about how to develop relationships mm-hmm. with people and how to like establish an actual like emotional connection rather than just trying to get a physical connection, which honestly was never my goal. I've never been one of those guys that's like, yeah, man, let's go out and have some fun and meet some ladies and then just move on the next day. That's never really been (laughs) who I've been, but I've always been timid about it. And this has helped you helped me realize that I can be, quiet and I can still be myself but yeah I I, 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 I don't know where Sally, to go with that sentence it, it what did you say should be taught in college I don't remember anymore uh, that you should accept your own journey or something like that yeah like yeah honoring your journey the other thing we how should teach networks. you at college is how to make friends yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah how to build relationships yeah yeah, how to make friends and how to respect everybody's individual path. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because as a little kid, you make friends all the time. You you don't care. Yeah. You just you're just being a kid. And you get older and you you should be growing, but most people tend to become more self-conscious as they get older. They become that, less open. Yeah. For sure, they start to close off. They get stuck in their their pattern, and they th- they're like, "Well, I've had on multiple times during my life, like, well, this is who I am now for the rest of my life." But mm. you can't lock yourself down like that because your whole life could change in one year or one month or a week or an hour. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something really profound. <laughs> so, but it was, but it was great. Everything you said was great. Was, I had I it think there, <laughs> and it, it was gone. It is interesting. It, it is being like a kid, and then just to bring it all full circle. I mean, that's I think why improv is so helpful because it teaches you that you're safe to play. That's where I was going with it. Yeah. Oh, good. That's exactly. <laughs> so thank you. It's a good mind meld. Well, that feels like, like. Was there anything else, Alex, that you had noted that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> um, no, that's most of the personal growth covered. I think. I mean, if we really wanted to get into it, we could probably go for another hour. But mm-hmm. oh my um, god! Well, if we were like... going to go for another hour, what is the most amazing thing that you would tell us in that hour? Oh, man. Um, Just that for the first time in probably a decade, I actually have a fully positive image of myself. Mm. That's Um, a good one. Yeah, I I don't look at myself in the mirror and go, oh, man, anymore. (laughs) Like, Mm. I look and I'm like, you got this. We're good. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, that, that's that's probably the best way to sum it up, is that I, for the first time in a long time, really enjoy being me. And how do you think the improv did that for you? It made me 
it made me realize that it's it's you don't have to conform you don't have to follow somebody else's preset path there's not there's not a there's not a script to life mm-hmm. i guess would be the best analogy there's not a there's not a definite beginning middle and end it's all just it's a big old choose your own adventure book where you're writing the next page that you go to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. building that plane while it flies through the air boom Mm -hmm. that is it i love it so exciting i know well so close your eyes now all right here we go (laughs) (laughs) and think about everything that's happened in this last year since that moment when you were about to step on stage for your first improv show And when you're ready, share with us in one word how you are feeling right now. Awake. Mm. These are great words. That's my favorite thing anybody's ever said. Yes. All right. And if you could go back and speak to yourself a year ago today from the man that you are today, what would you say to him? Um... You know, honestly, and I don't know in the episodes I've listened to if I've heard anybody said this, but I don't think I'd tell myself anything mm-hmm. um, because I like I like the journey that I've gone on. Mm-hmm. So I really don't I really wouldn't want to interrupt that. Mm. Wow, that is a profound answer. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. You get a gold star. <laughs> that one, that that one I did think about. <laughs> well, so I would ask you to feel into it again, though, right now, and you may you may still say no, but if you close mm-hmm. your eyes, okay, I really feel into it and imagine yourself as you were a year ago today, standing backstage, about to go on. You wouldn't want to say anything to him. Maybe, maybe just don't sweat so much. (laughs) (laughs) Not physically. Well, I guess, yeah, maybe physically, but emotionally. Don't emotionally sweat so much. Oh, my God. I knew there was something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well. Don't worry. I love that. Don't sweat it. Well, Mm -hmm. that's great. That was a great show. Thanks for producing that, Alex. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for showing up your producing skills for us. That's the way to do it. Sure. (laughs) All right. But I'll get to listen back to it again and judge myself for an hour, so that's always going to be fun. Don't sweat it, Alex. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Who said that? (laughs) If you edit out anything important, I'm going to kill you. No, I won't. Just kidding. I won't kill you, but I'll I'll yell at you. I like everything that happened, so I think we're good. Oh, that was your answer about your journey, too. I That is such a cool point of view. You know, I like everything that happened, so I wouldn't want to mm-hmm. edit anything out. That's how I want to feel about my life. For sure. Mm-hmm. For the most part, it's that's a, how I feel. You'd think it would be more stressful to feel that way, but oh, it's but actually, it's, it's very yeah. freeing. Yeah. It's very freeing. All right, guys. So, Alex, if the people want to find you, to watch you do improv, to do anything, where would they find you on the internet? Okay, we have a few different uh, opportunities. We have a website, and that's uh, www.bunkerdogsimprov.com. We're on Facebook, at uh, Bunker Dogs, I believe. We are on Instagram. That's mainly just, obviously, photos. <laughs> that's um, also at Bunker Dogs. Or is it the Bunker Dogs? There's several. We get them confused. And then we'll on Twitter, we'll we're at it. the Bunker Dogs. Yeah, I think I sent it to you. Um, and then at Twitter is at the Bunker Dogs as well. And there are videos of some of our shows up on YouTube. You can get there from our website. Everybody go watch. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. And everybody go see Alex's play, which will you give us info on that so we can put it on our social media when it's happening? I for sure will. That happened after we set all this up, so that's why I hadn't said anything. Oh, and I wanted so to say exciting. All right. That, well, uh, we'll give everybody yeah. all the things so they can find you all the places. Excellent. Sally, where can the people find you? 
can find me at Sally Simply on social media and at sallymercedes.com uh, or at the Bizu School, the Coven Experience, and soon teaching Yikoya. <laughs> Everywhere Yikoya is taught. <laughs> uh, and I'm at tylafowler.com, tylafowler on all the social media. You can follow our podcast at a year ago podcast on all the social media, and we're a year ago podcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. You can also support us on Patreon at a year ago podcast, I believe. I don't think it's at a year ago today. We're, it'll we'll there'll be a in link the in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you like our intro outro music, you can follow Zena Hell, Z Y N A H E L, on SoundCloud and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Ooh. Those are all the places. Boy. I think. I hope so. Is that everything? I think so. Okay. We did good. We did good. Alex, are you still there? I'm here. <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming, Alex. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. I've really enjoyed it. All right. Bye, guys. Peace out. Peace.